Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. The whole story of Jonah is, as Jonah's trying to run away from God, God's there saying, Jonah, what are you doing? Come back to me. Just come back to me. I need you to go this way. Storm happens. Jonah gets tossed over. Great fish is prepared. Swallows Jonah. It takes him three days to finally pray. So this is not some myth. This is not like a fairy tale to tell you, you know, to convey to you a moral lesson. Is there a moral lesson in this? Absolutely. But this is a historical story. In the message today, Pastor James teaches about the story of Jonah. You'll hear in the scripture passage today that there's no one beyond God's saving hand. Even the Ninevites, the absolute worst kind of people, were redeemed. The Christian life isn't about getting it right one time and living it out perfectly. It's about redos, and when we mess up, God's there. He's not done with you, regardless of your rebellion. Will you allow him to work in your heart and life today? Now here's Pastor James in the book of Jonah chapter 3, with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. chapter 3. Welcome to Nineveh. We're going to talk about Nineveh today. We'll talk about this, the city itself. Um, I don't know how accurate this depiction is concerning Nineveh. It's a very prosperous city back in the day, but we're going to talk about this uh, in depth because the uh, focus of the story, although Jonah, the whole book of Jonah is, it's not about Jonah. It's not about a fish. It's not about the Ninevites. It's not about a plant. It's about God take God out of the book of Jonah and you just have gibberish. Like you have no, it's nonsensical because no, no one is mentioned more times in the book of Jonah, four chapters than God. Okay. So chapter three is still centered upon him and about God and his mercy and this amazing concept of second chances and third chances and to whatever degree, but we'll, we'll kind of get to know, cause you may have been, cause when we started the book, you may have been like, why do, normally guys do an introduction and they talk about the city and all that stuff. We didn't need to worry about it then because I knew chapter three was coming and we were going to talk about Nineveh in that sense. So if you're like a historical kind of person, this is for you. All right. Well, we'll talk about that. All right. Let's just, let's just read this. this we're going to read it all the way through. It's 10 verses, 10 verses. Let's just read starting in verse one. We're going to read all this through and then we'll, uh, we'll walk through it verse by verse. Okay. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three-day journey in extent. And Jonah began to enter the city on this first day's walk. Then he cried out and said, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, put on sackcloth, From the greatest to the least of them, then word came to the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, laid aside his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. 
Do not let them eat or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish? Verse 10, then God saw their works that they turned from their evil way and God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them and he did not do it. Jonah chapter three, very simple, very cut, I mean, right to the point. The whole story of Jonah is as Jonah's trying to run away from God, God's there saying, Jonah, what are you doing? Come back to me. Just come back to me. I need you to go this way. Storm happens. Jonah gets tossed over. Great fish is prepared, swallows Jonah. It takes him three days to finally pray. So this is not some myth. This is not like a fairy tale to tell you, you know, to convey to you a moral lesson. Is there a moral lesson in this? Absolutely. But this is a historical story, okay? You can maybe disagree with that. I'm going to say this really happened. <laughs> this really happened. Fish swallows this guy, takes him three days to finally pray. He prays, gets vomited back onto the shore by the fish, okay? Because God told the fish, all right, let him go. There he goes, onto the shore. There are some physical effects that are going to happen to Jonah by being in a fish. He wasn't like in a protective bubble as he's swallowed by this fish. No, he is in the fish's one of this, if it's like a whale, they have multiple stomachs, okay? Like I said, that first stomach is there to like crush the food, okay? So you can understand how uncomfortable that would be as you're in this tight quarters and it's just these muscles are pressing down on you for three days. Okay, I'm like, within 30 seconds, I'm like, okay, God, I'm, I'm done. I, I don't know what just happened. I don't even know if this is possible, but get me out of this fish. I would like to think that'd be my response, I'd probably be like Jonah, three days, you know. But even within that first stomach chamber of like the, you know, compression and all that good stuff, there, there's going to be an element of enzymes within the fish's stomach that are going to have a physical effect on Jonah and his appearance. This plays into this chapter because you don't get swallowed by a fish in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea and stay inside that fish for three days and nothing happens to you. There are going to be effects from this event. So he gets vomited back onto the shore and he still has 500 miles to walk to Nineveh. Walk to Nineveh. Rebellion is always gonna cost you time. It's gonna cost, it costs him financially because he was out on this cruise ship that he, that he went on, right? Like he paid money to go on this thing. He's out of that money for sure. The sailors were out of some cargo that they threw over to the side but he still has the journey and it's going to take him probably about a month to walk from where he's at to Nineveh. You're going to, it's going to take you roughly anywhere from like 25 to 30 days, depending on how, how much of that day you actually walk. Cause you're not going to walk through 24 hours because that's insane. Nobody does that. Plus it's dangerous. You don't walk at night because you will get robbed. So it's going to take him about a month. And so he's got about 30 days where we have nothing but silence. Nothing but silence. The traditional thought on who wrote this book is Jonah. The more modern thought is, this is a fairy tale. This is a fairy tale. Or if somebody did write it, it certainly wasn't Jonah. It would be somebody who was many years later would recount this story simply for the benefit of like communicating a good story with a good object lesson. 
okay? Do what God says. Or, you know, you'll avoid bad stuff happening to you. Well, that's not always true, but that's, that's kind of the, the modern mindset. It's like, well, it's just kind of like a fairy tale, you know, whatever. This is where I stand on this. I believe Jonah was the one who wrote this book. And I believe that there is silence for a reason. Did it mean that he wasn't talking to God? I don't know. But if I'm reading this story and I'm kind of getting the, the feel for it emotionally and all that stuff, I'm thinking Jonah's probably sulking the whole way. Yeah, he said, I'll go. But I don't think he's got a smile on his face. He's not skipping to Nineveh. He's not running to Nineveh because he's so excited about this message that God has given him to these people who need the mercy and the grace of God. I think he's dragging his feet. And I don't know what, his, what the conversation was like between him and the Lord, but all we have is absolute silence. We don't know what's going on there. It's all, I can't really say dogmatically that's, there wasn't any. I can't say that. But I do know that all we get from, from this record, and I believe it's coming from Jonah, is verse 1, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. This is post-vomit you know, being vomited up by this fish. He spit back onto the land. And God's like, okay, Jonah, I got your attention. We good? Are we okay? Go to Nineveh. Go to Nineveh. The second time, I love that. Even, you know, we, we see that. He spoke to Jonah again, or spoke to Jonah a second time. A second time. God could have been done with Jonah. He could have used anyone else. There were other prophets contemporaries of Jonah at this point in time, who God was speaking to. He could have sent any one of those guys. He could have been like, okay, Jonah, you don't want to do it? Fine. Have it your way. I'll use somebody else. He had every right to do that. Every right to do that. But he didn't want to do that. Because it's not just about saving Nineveh. It's about rescuing a prophet who is in rebellion against this God that he serves. God was not going to be, God was not content with just Jonah, with Jonah's no. No, I'm not going to do it. Well, all right, I tried. Right? Like, no. God's like, all right, we'll see how that lasts. Because I want you to go to Nineveh, and I'm going to get you to Nineveh. I know you want to run this way. I'm not going to let you go. I'm not going to let you go. And I will allow things to happen in your life that prevent you from getting to Tarshish. Because when God wants you to go somewhere, you just better go there. Just go. Just go. Because who knows? One way or another, you're probably going to end up there anyways. you probably end up there anyways. So just save yourself the time. Save yourself the trouble. But when you do say no, praise God that he doesn't always just abandon you in the sense of like, well, I guess I'll pick somebody else. The reality of that, the, the other side of the coin concerning that is, you can say no, and there will be times where he says, okay, I'll find another. Okay, I'll get somebody else. And you miss out on the blessing. That is a reality, okay? That is, that is how that works as well. Now, which do we know? We don't know. The best answer to that is just to do what he says. Just to do what he says. Because honestly, you don't know if there will be a second chance. And you should never take that gamble. You should never take that gamble. You can be like, well, I'll just be like Jonah. I don't really want to do it. And I'm sure God will work something out and he'll get me to Nineveh, so to speak, and all that stuff. You don't know that. 
You don't know that. Wisdom would say, God says, hey, go here, do this, just do it, just do it. God shows up in Jonah's life. The word of the Lord comes to Jonah the second time saying, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city. There's gonna be emphasis placed on this. The great city of Nineveh, that great city, okay? Deliver the message of what? The message of judgment to this wicked city, okay? This isn't a message of happiness and prosperity and all this stuff. God's like, listen, go to, Gen- go to Nineveh. Their wickedness has, has come up to me. You go to them. I have a message of judgment for these people. So that in and of itself is gonna be somewhat of a, a deterrent within Jonah's mind and his heart of like, wait, you want me to go to our enemies, people who don't like us, and we don't like them, and you want me to tell them, you want me to preach to them a message of pending doom. And God's like, yeah, of course. But God, you know that um, messages of pending doom, judgment, they're not really popular, right? People don't really, he's not building a church, so to speak here, Okay, because we understand how sometimes churches, at least within our side of the world work, is like messages of judgment. Oh, you can't play those. Like, don't even, we've even talked about that before. Like, don't even mention sin. I've already broken all the rules, okay? Because I said, if you're a rebellion, you're a sinner, okay? I'll I'll even go so, so far as to say every single person in this room is a sinner. I hope you're saved by grace. But everybody, we're all sinners. We're all sinners. We needed Jesus to die on the cross. I guess that's controversial. We needed his blood to cover our sins. That's controversial. We can't even talk about his blood. My goodness, what are we doing in America? But no, you're a sinner. He died for you. His blood was spilled out on the ground for you. Absolutely brutalized for you. Completely. That's what happened. That's Christianity. That's what we're doing here, okay? That's what we're doing here, right? And Christianity, as far as what we're doing here, and we went through the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation, now it's not a message of pending doom. Yes, it does speak of the end, but I'm sorry. I like to read the last chapter because you got to read the whole thing where it's like, it's not all about doom. Yeah, there's going to be judgment. Judgment is coming, but so is a new heaven and a new earth. So is a new heaven and a new earth, right? Jonah's like, God tells Jonah, he's like, okay, go to Nineveh. I got a message of judgment for these people. And Jonah's like, probably thinking like, oh man, no, I don't, he doesn't want to. We'll see in chapter four why he really, why he doesn't want to, but you can understand the difficulty of that of, you got to deliver this message that like, hey, if you don't get your act together, God's going to wipe you out. He's going to destroy you. And Jonah's assumption probably more than likely would be, now he knows God's merciful. And if they do repent, then God will relent from this message, but you, you understand that probably going on within his mind is like, I tell people that God's, my God is going to destroy them unless they get their act together. What's gonna keep them from killing me? Because that message is not a popular one. That's a threat. That's a threat to a well-established kingdom that has been experiencing highs and lows throughout their existence but you know that's probably playing in the back. It would be playing in the back of my mind. I'm going to deliver this message of doom to a group of people who are known for their wickedness. I'm probably not coming back. 
I'm probably going to (laughs) die. I'm probably going to die. At this point in time, Jonah, maybe he's already like been okay with being thrown over the side of a boat, getting swallowed by a fish. But you understand that we're dealing with a human being who has real emotions and probably is struggling with just very real things, practical things that every single one of us would, we would have to process through this stuff of like, ah, message of judgment. Okay. So the New King James says, preach to it the message that I tell you. Okay, just that's why, partly why I want New Living Translation up here, because it, it really kind of helps to convey exactly all that's being said there. Because the message is, and we're going to read it here in a second, it's a message of destruction, of pending doom, okay? Verse three, so Jonah arose, good guy, smart. Jonah got up as he's probably peeling the seaweed and fish guts off of himself. He gets up. And he starts to journey to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now, Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three-day journey in extent. So what that's saying is right here, a city, it's so massive, it's so large, it would take you three days to see it all. And that's uh, maybe working through all like the suburbs and all that good stuff. We don't know technically what that means, but... To filter throughout the entire city in its entirety would take you three days. It's a massive city. It's huge. It's big time. This is not some like little rinky-dink kind of place where you just go into the town square and maybe, you know, most of the population's already there and they're going to hit it. No, he's got to go through this city proclaiming this message. But he makes it to Nineveh. So here is this Hebrew prophet, probably about this tall, Okay, on average height for those guys, maybe about somewhere around here. Skin, more likely bleached white from the enzymes and the stomach acids. There's a good chance any body hair that he may have had is gone or seriously depleted because of the stomach acids. So you can envision that. Hopefully he has some sort of garment on. I'm sure he did. Okay, you got a month to travel, but you're walking through you know, you're walking through some pretty rugged terrain as well. So you can imagine being the Ninevites, and maybe this is a good picture because there's a river, you know, you got the Tigris and the Euphrates, all that stuff is in this area. It's, it's Fertile Crescent, okay? It's it's amazing, amazing place. And they, Nineveh has one of those rivers, one of the, the, the off, you know, little streams coming off of it right through the heart of the city. Beautiful, perfect setup. So everybody's out chilling, they're having a picnic, and you see this, this man walking from the wilderness, approaching your city, and he doesn't look right. He looks messed up. Visually, the message is being communicated. There's something off about this guy. Something happened to this guy. We don't know, because you got a month, and I'm sure the story of Jonah, because he is, well, as far as we know, he's vomited back onto the shores of his homeland, so there's a good chance that he retold this story to other people. And maybe there's some fishermen on the shore and they're like, what was that? Did you see that? It's like this fish just spit out this dude. Oh, that's Jonah the prophet. Jonah, what happened? Let me tell you what happened. We don't know if word traveled that maybe Nineveh, there's some thoughts, some commentators say that, you know, there's a good chance that the word had already gotten to the Ninevites that a guy was swallowed by a fish and vomited back up onto the shore. Now, there's some thought that one of the gods that the Ninevites worshipped was Dagon, which would be the fish god, which would make perfect sense in this story 
is if you worship a fish and you see this guy who got swallowed by a fish and vomited back onto the shore, you're going to listen to him. You're going to listen to this guy. But we don't know if word got there before Jonah did or if part of Jonah's walking around the city was communicating the story that had happened. We don't have in its entirety everything that Jonah had said. Oftentimes we believe that all that he said was just the message, but we can't say that for sure. All, all I can say to this is you have the Ninevites who are there and they see this man who is approaching their city. Maybe some of the pigmentation on his skin has come back over 30 days walking in the hot sun. You might be getting that tan back, maybe. Or maybe forever your skin has been just bleached white like that, maybe. But this guy's messed up. And here he comes and he smells like fish. I'm sure because you, you can't shake that, right? Like, you know that you go fishing, you're, it's on you for days, right? Like, I don't care how many times you wash your hands. It's like, I still smell like fish. Um, Jonah was inside of a fish for three days. Okay. So they see him coming. They probably smell him coming or he has their attention from the get go. He approaches the city. Verse four, he began to enter the city on his first day's walk. Then he cried out and said, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Technically in the Hebrew, it's only five words long, this message that he preached. Some of you might be thinking, wish this one was five words long. Well, it's not, okay, so you're welcome. All right, you want me to, you want this to be your message? Okay, here you go. 40 days, you're going to be overthrown. Like, there you go. Go about your business. No, you don't want that message. You want, you want this whole story. You need this whole story. But here's Jonah walking. He, he begins his journey throughout the city and he's just, here's my, here's my message. 40 days, Nineveh's gone. 40 days, God's going to destroy you. 40 days, judgment's coming. 40 days, judgment's coming. God's going to destroy you. Like, that's it. That's all he says to them as far as what we have recorded. We don't know if there was a why answered. I'm a why type of person. Why? Why are we going to get destroyed in 40 days? Like, why? Why are you walking around our city? What happened to you? What do we do if we repent? What are we supposed to do afterwards? What's our next step? All you get from Jonah is 40 days, God's going to destroy you. Yet in 40 days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. That's his message all throughout the city. So he's obeying God. He's in Nineveh. He's proclaiming this message to what enthusiasm and extent? I don't know. This could be the happiest moment of his life. Who knows? Because he hates the Ninevites. And this is like one message that he loves to preach. I don't know. Because he's like, yeah, 40 days. You guys are goners. I don't know. Maybe he's just, I have no idea. All I know is he's walking around the city and he's saying the same message over and over again. What conversations happen between him and the people? I have no clue. We're not, we're not privy to that information because it's just not there. But we, we do know the response. We know the response. And any conversations that were had between Jonah and the Ninevites are not really essential to what we need to take away from the story today. What we need to take away from the story today is their response to the message. Verse five. So the people of Nineveh believed God. They understood. They got the point. They got the message. Hope to 
Thanks for joining us today on Bread for the Broken with Pastor James as we journey through the book of Jonah. If you'd like to listen to today's teaching again or hear more from Pastor James, you can visit our website at breadforthebroken.com. Just click on the Teachings tab. There you'll find a variety of verse-by-verse Bible-based teachings. Maybe you're like Jonah and you're wrestling with the call that God has on your life. Or maybe you've been running from God and you're ready to come home. We'd love to walk alongside you and encourage you in your faith. As believers in Jesus, we're called to gather together and pray, encourage, and help one another through life. This is what we believe at Bread for the Broken and Calvary Galveston, the church behind this ministry. If you're looking for a new church home or simply someone to connect and pray with, we'd love to be that person or people for you. If you're ever in the Galveston area, we'd love to have you come visit. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. for a time of worship and Bible study. Our atmosphere at Calvary Galveston is relaxed, so feel free to come just as you are. For more information, please visit breadforthebroken.com. We'd love to connect with you too, so please drop us a note and let us know how you heard about Bread for the Broken and how we can be praying for you. Just visit our church website at breadforthebroken.com and click on the contact tab to fill out our form. Thanks for listening to today's edition of Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of